1: That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.
0: From KQED. You're listening to the Bay Curious State of Drought series. I'm Olivia Allen Price. A few weeks ago, we asked you, our audience, what you wanted to know about drought in California. And there was one question that came in that really caught my eye. It came from Nicholas Hardy.
1: Are we in the start of a drought, or are we actually in the middle of a mega drought with some wet years thrown in?
0: Mega drought. The word alone sounds almost like a science fiction movie, something you'd spot at a video store alongside the movies Sharknado and San Andreas, if video stores still existed, that is. But mega drought is not fiction, it is a very real climate phenomenon. Today, we find the answer to Nicholas's question and learn some fascinating things about our long-term climate along the way.
2: Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes.
3: Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of The Bay and beyond with reliable, human centered journalism.
0: All right, so we're setting out to answer Nicholas's question about mega drought. Here to help us out is reporter Amy Mayer. Hey,
2: Amy. Hi, Olivia.
0: So looking around, I see the hills are dry and brown, but they're always brown this time of year. Can you first explain how do we know it's because of a drought and not just seasonal dryness?
2: you really have to go back to the past winter. Um, we didn't have a lot of rain here. And especially in the mountains, there wasn't a lot of snow. Plus, parts of the state have really been hot this summer. So those are some of the measurements that go into something called the Drought Monitor, which is a map put together by a bunch of federal agencies and university scientists. And they update it weekly based on certain concrete measurements, like soil moisture and stream flow, um, but also observations. They have, um, like, UC extension agents all over the state who are watching for different things. So the end of August of 2021, the whole state was in at least moderate drought.
0: And it's not just California, right? I know I've heard about low water levels across a lot of the West.
2: That's right. Yeah. The drought conditions um, extend across Arizona and Nevada, even Oregon. And the heat and low water obviously also have an impact on the Colorado River and everyone who uses water from that river. So for the first time this year the federal government has actually declared a water shortage on the Colorado.
1: New this morning for the first time in 99 years of recorded history a water shortage has been declared for parts of the Colorado River.
2: 11 News reporter So there's five stages in that drought monitor. Nearly half of California plus a large swath of Nevada right now are in exceptional drought. That's the top category. That includes six Bay Area counties. Paul Rogers at the San Jose Mercury News pulled out some old data showing that San Francisco is seeing its third driest year since the gold rush. And uh, San Jose experienced its driest year in 128 years of record keeping.
0: All right. So it's bad. And I know that we've been flirting with exceptional drought on and off for many years now, so much so that the people like our question asker, Nicholas, bring up this term megadrought. What is a megadrought and are we in
2: one? Well, yes, we are in a megadrought and it's not really because of the summer's conditions or the things we've been talking about this year. Because mega drought is not a weather term. Um, Mega drought is a climate word. And we're in one now because across the Southwest, actually, these drier conditions and these hotter conditions have been going on for decades. So Olivia, you might remember after what seemed like the last drought, roughly 2011 to 2017, we got some wet years. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I remember that.
2: But it turns out they weren't enough to overcome these drought conditions. Richard Seeger is a climate scientist at the Lamont-Doherty Earth Observatory in New York.
4: In the southwest, um, it's been overall drier since the late 1990s. So we're talking about a 20-year dry period here now. And using the term megadrought is justifiable because it stacks up in terms of the severity and the length ...with the ones that we've inferred from tree ring data back in the medieval period.
0: Tell me more about those tree rings. What's that about?
2: Well, in a dry year, trees just don't grow as much. A lot of people are familiar with the rings that a tree adds each year. And when they're closer together or they're thinner, that tells scientists that a drought has happened... ...and it can allow them to figure out how long a drought lasted... John Aboxiglue is a professor at UC Merced, and he looks at droughts, both past and present. And he was part of a big team that published a look at historic megadroughts. The paper came out last year, and they looked at a lot of tree records across the Southwest.
1: We can actually compile trees both that are living today as well as trees that may have died, but their skeletons remain um, and sort of piece those together to go back a bit further through time.
2: So these tree skeletons led them back thousands of years to droughts during medieval times that lasted for decades. And that helped them conclude the 20th century was anomalous for its lack of droughts in this area.
0: Wow. So that really turns everything on its head. I mean, really, California became what it is during a time when there was more water than historically there would have been.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what their studies have found, even though we thought of California as dry. <laughs> huh.
0: So have we as humans played a factor in this mega drought?
2: Well, these climate guys are confident that a mega drought would have come regardless. It's just part of the climate cycle. But yeah, having so many people and also the fact that we grow so much of the country's fruits and vegetables and nuts, that likely makes it worse. Because we're used to using more water, and the water has always been there to use, even though this region was generally considered rather dry. So, A Blue says the water supply coming into this mega drought may have actually been lower than it was in the past when the area entered other mega droughts.
1: We have increased population, we have bountiful Central Valley that is basically all irrigated. That has increased the demand through time, right? A human-driven increase in demand. And that makes it easier to actually realize drought impacts.
0: That really gets us to a question that we got from a lot of listeners, which was, you know, long-term, can a drier California be home to so many people?
2: (laughs) Well, both Seeger and a box of glue think so. But how water is used and for what is probably going to need to change some. And of course, they both mentioned farming. Here's Seeger again.
4: A lot of agriculture in the United States is going to have to move from California in the southwest to other water-rich areas of the United States.
2: That would be a huge change for a lot of people. But a box of glue says maybe not so fast. Ingenuity and engineering might offer some solutions. And at UC Merced, they're actually putting in a smart farm to test a wide variety of ag tech research efforts. A lot of them aimed at better resource use, including water.
1: Some of these changes could actually lead to beneficial climate adaptation strategies being more efficient, like revolutionizing how we work with land, how we work with water. So there may be some good things that come out of dealing with hardship, which is what we're going through in California.
2: You know, so for example, sensors that could determine exactly how much water a specific plant needs so that custom micro-irrigation can deliver just that amount and at the right time.
0: That's a really cool idea. But ultimately, I think a lot of people want to know, when are we going to get out of this? Are we going to get out of this?
2: Right. Sure. That's the big question. And again, there's two parts to it, um, the short term and the long term. So first, when is there going to be more water? When are we going to get out of this acute drought situation? A box glue says he and others are working on better ways to tell us what's coming in the next water year. If we knew, then we could make smart decisions. And he says that could help us not feel the impacts quite so severely.
1: Because drought is one of these sort of sneaking phenomena or creeping phenomena. Um, usually you don't know you're in a drought until you're, it's a little bit too late.
2: But longer term, climate scientists are trying to develop tools to predict when overall drought conditions might change. That would help to define you know, how long a mega drought might last or when another one might be starting. That would mean uh, they would need better ways to forecast the ocean temperatures because that's one of the things that controls drought conditions. And Seeger says so far, they just can't project that out more than about a year.
4: There are big international research efforts to, to do that. Um, But in the Pacific Ocean, that research to date has not met with a tremendous amount of success. It's been rather disappointing in progress.
2: We've got a new water year starting October 1st, and Governor Newsom is already saying that if it's dry again this winter, he might need to impose some mandatory water reductions, possibly statewide. Hmm. Well, something to keep our eyes on. Reporter Amy Mayer,
0: thanks for speaking with me. Thanks for having me. That's it for the third installment in our State of Drought series. Tomorrow, we're going to start talking about solutions, beginning with what we as individuals can do in our own homes. Bay Curious is made by Katrina Schwartz, Brendan Willard, Sebastian Mignobicelli, and me, Olivia Allen-Price.
1: Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED.
3: Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just...